From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It is the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You made it. We all made it. We've got the end of the week in sight now, and we've got NFL football playoff action resuming tomorrow. The Saints at the Seahawks. That kicks it all off, and it's a big part of our focus today right here on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Producer Dan is alongside as well today, and we're glad that you're with us here on a cloudy, foggy Friday in New Orleans. It is already uh, raining and gusting in Seattle. No surprise there. We'll take you there today with John DeShazer. Our uh, analyst from NewOrleansSaints.com is with the Saints. They traveled yesterday, and John gives us a report here on this Friday morning about what has happened uh, since their departure and what lies ahead here in the next uh, 24 or so hours until kickoff. All the part of our big Friday program today. Junior Golette stops by. We visited with him prior to heading for the plane yesterday. Jen Hale will give us her thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks as uh, she covered the Seahawks on five different occasions this past regular season for the NFL on Fox. And then we have, well, more injury news with regard to the Pelicans. That's the only downer on this Friday as the Pelicans get set to start a back-to-back tonight with the Dallas Mavericks home tonight tomorrow at Dallas. But the news uh, there this morning was uh, alarming in that Drew Holiday, the starting point guard, is now out indefinitely with a stress fracture in his right tibia. Again, he's got a stress fracture in his right shin out indefinitely, um, and you'll be, uh, you'll be one of the first to hear from Drew by uh, clicking on this podcast today. Drew Holiday uh, coming up in just a moment to talk about um, when it happened, how it happened, uh, and what this all means with regard to the Pelicans who are already without without uh, Ryan Anderson, who remains out indefinitely with a herniated disc. Um, we, were, we thought we might hear from Ryan today, but that's not going to be the case. He continues to recover at home. His family is with him. Um, so it could be Monday, perhaps, when the uh, Pelicans next play at home that we'll hear from Ryan. But today you'll hear from Drew Holiday uh, as we uh, talk about his injury. Uh, we've got to talk about more, more of the injuries as opposed to the matchup tonight with Dallas on today's Black and Blue re- Report, but that's just kind of the way it is. So a very full show. We are excited, uh, to say the least, about the football this weekend. We'll see if the Pelicans can rise up and uh, knock down this uh, three-game losing streak, albeit shorthanded. All that's on our plate today. Don't you go anywhere. Still to come, as we mentioned, Junior Gallette, Jen Hale, John DeShazer, and coming up next, our one-on-one with Drew Holiday, right here on the Black and Blue Report. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. 
Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of basketball action. February 13th through the 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest Memorial Convention Center into 40 interactive activities. Fans can test their skills, score free autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours today at NBAevents.com. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. As we uh, as we told you at the top of the show, more tough injury news for the Pelicans today. Drew Holiday out and definitely now with a stress fracture in his right tibia, or as he was quickly to uh, uh, point out to me earlier, it's uh, the shin, and most people call it his right shin. So we'll stick with that. Um, this I didn't expect this coming in this morning. What about I mean, Drew? This is a uh, this is kind of shocking. Yeah. Uh... It was shocking for me um, after the game, last game, that we got an x-ray done and they, they found something in there. But, uh, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't really know what to say. Uh, this is really the first time I, I've been hurt, you know, at this at this type of level. So uh, I may be off by one or two. I think you've missed a total of 14 games over your entire career. It's astronomical how durable you've been. So I'm sure this is a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's just uh, you. You want to play as a as a basketball player. You want you're competitive. You want to be out there. You want to help your team. Um, but I guess thinking in d- definitely in the I guess actually how bad it can be uh, the injury. Like if you keep on playing on it, is is um, obviously noted and and I'm not going to take that risk. But it's uh, it hurts. When when did you know something was wrong? I guess the question is, has this been bothering you for a while, or was there an impact moment, maybe even on Wednesday night, that you that you felt? I mean, we 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 use our legs so much, um, and we bang. Uh, I hit my shins on on things. Uh, obviously, um, it's like it's been hurting for a while, but I always thought like I, I hit something, uh, got treatment for it. We we do things for it, but. Um, last couple games and then last game I, I think it felt the worst where uh like everything I did I, I felt it usually you know adrenaline kind of takes over but uh last game I felt it a lot did you did what did you do you go to John Iship and say hey look this is now really wrong is that what prompted the x-ray uh, yeah I said something really like something really hurts like it it, it really hurts and yes more than usual I was like yeah it, yeah, something's, something's different. Your numbers over the last four were, I mean, down dramatically. Is it because you were hurting so bad? Um, not no. Not you look back on it. I mean, now I look back on it. I, I'm not going to you know, use that excuse. I just wasn't as aggressive. I'm not going to say that that was the reason why. I think, um, I guess the last couple of games, I felt like I, I played halves. So, like, Indiana, I played the first half. Uh, Came out aggressive. Even last game, came out the first half, played played aggressive, and then I guess kind of the second half was uh, I guess didn't really do much. So um, again, I'm not gonna use that excuse as like I mean everything I do, I, I try to go as hard as I can and help my team out in any way. That's fair. As we sit here, you are as I should tell listeners, you're basically locked into what this is kind of like a super walking boot from the tips of your toes just below. Your right knee is it, Drew? Is it is it too early to speculate? Is the injury too fresh to sit here and say um, how long term this is? Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a little bit too too early. Um, 
again, we're just going to take it slow. Um, obviously, I'm going to do everything I can, and so are the trainers and the doctors, uh, you know, to make sure that it's healthy and get back as fast as possible. But um, it's a little bit too early to know how long it's going it's going to be. What's the mindset of that locker room over there right now? Your injury, Ryan's injury, Jason's missed time. Everybody's missed time, it seems. It seems like it's just almost a snowball effect. Is it, take, is it taking its toll now on this team? I don't think so. Um, I think everybody remains positive. Um, I think we had a really good shoot-around today. Everybody was really um, active, a lot of energy, uh, which is good. And, you know, now guys are going to step up. Um, obviously, we saw uh, b rod has been playing well. Uh, Austin got a little a, a little uh, time last game and, and played really well. So uh, guys off the bench, I think that they've been doing that all year, uh, stepping up, and, and now's another chance to do that. Can you be a good coach? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I could be a good coach. Um, I could be a good encourager. Uh, I think I can tell people my opinion and uh, and obviously tell them what I see. So if, I guess if that's a coach, then, then maybe. All right, so today is probably learning how to put on slacks with a walking boot um, and a few other things. But really, what is next, Drew? Uh, is there a treatment course already in place? And, uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess take me through the next couple of days here. Um, obviously, stay in the weight room. They have this, uh, it's like a bone stem uh, that that is going to help AD use the same thing on his hand when he when he – when he had that ordeal with his hand. But uh, we're going to stick with that. Obviously, I'm going to stay stick in the weight room. Um, I keep on talking about my diet. I do have a chef. <laughs> and uh, so my diet is going to remain well, uh, but have a steady diet of, you know, being in the weight room, core, uh, just, I guess, really taking care of all my body. Good luck to you. Keep your head up. We're pulling for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Drew Holiday with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Tough news today, but uh, this is one of those guys that has the character to get through this. I know the team will look too. Uh, when we come back, we'll turn our attention to the Saints, and we'll do so right for this. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. All right, time to turn our attention back to the Saints and the Seahawks for this weekend. Um, John DeShazer joins us. He's with the team. Uh, Wolf Blitzer would say embedded, but I'll just say that he's with the team um, up there in Seattle. J.D., good morning. How are things up in the Northwest? Uh, a little chilly, a little rainy, a little windy. So that's exactly what you would expect up here in the Pacific Northwest. And thank you for not being embedded because that, that just doesn't sound right. No, I agree. Um, you know, if, I guess in the military you're embedded – 
or if you have a splinter, it's embedded in your foot or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. let's yeah. just say that you're uh, you're traveling with the black and gold. How about that? Yeah, we we can. I can live with that. When I left you yesterday, you were heading for the airport. Tell me, uh, did you all have a smooth flight and a uh, pretty uh, simple arrival in Seattle? Yeah, everything went, you know, basically according to plan. Five-hour flight, uh, got in, uh, uneventful, got to the hotel, everything's uh, on par. I mean, the only thing really is, and and I mean, the things we're expecting is somewhat. um, You know, you look at the forecast for tomorrow where it's going to be, you know, the high is going to be like 47, but so by game time it might be, you know, lower 40s. But the big thing is, you know, there's, you know, a chance of one to two inches of rain which is one of the things that, you know, Coach Sean Payton said can affect the team. And also, they're talking about wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour. That definitely will affect the game because now all of a sudden you're talking about two teams who are going to have to strategize as to, you know, what you can do into the wind and what you can do with the wind at your back. You know, it'll be two different games when you got the ball, you know, depending on which way you're going. So that those are two of the things that really can affect the game, the, the wind and the rain. And you hope... Uh, that uh, that they won't affect the Saints too much. But we know the Saints like to throw the football, although they did run it well against Philadelphia. But uh, that's one of the things that certainly can take away some of the things you want to do. That wind uh, plays right into what Coach Payton had talked about earlier in the week. John, do you remember when Coach Payton was saying that even in these situations, timeouts can be used to extend or shorten quarters based on whether the wind is at your back? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the situations where if you got Seattle with the wind in their face, and it's toward the end of the quarter, and, you know, it's second down. Maybe you want to burn up a timeout so you can force them to punt into the wind and affect field position. So that's exactly what he was talking about. He said it happened in Philly last week. Um, I'm sure we saw it happen a couple times, you know, during the season. And it is one of those things that you have to be conscious of. You know, when you've got the wind in your face, what you can do and what you can try to do with it at your back, you want to get as many possessions with it at your back as possible. Uh, one one fan asked me to ask you today, John, was there Popeye's chicken for the Saints yesterday? Well, whoever it is, uh, they weren't paying attention to Twitter because, yes, there was Popeye's chicken at the airport, as okay. a matter of fact. Uh, right. Thomas Moore said the punter <laughs> tweeted it out. But, yeah, um, you know, you're familiar with Dean Pigeon and you and uh, producer Dan. Uh, Dean came out there, and uh, and I don't know, you know, which Popeye supplied it, but, yeah, the players went to the plane. They had, you know, their boxes waiting on them. You know, at check-in, so they indeed feasted on Popeyes yesterday. Now, did you have Popeyes? I did not. You, you know, didn't uh, as I said, the players. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, any other changes? Yeah, you know, now, now thinking about, it, I probably could have gotten the box and gone on. I, I don't know. You know, some things you don't you don't necessarily know if you want to push or not. And that's one of those things I didn't necessarily want to test. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, any changes? This is the second time up to Seattle. The last one, of, as uh, we've documented over and over again, was a loss, uh, the worst of the season. Did Sean Payton change anything up about uh, the team's uh, uh, arrangements in Seattle for this one? Well, I mean, you know, basically uh, the, the the accommodations are a little bit different. I mean, I, I, you know, it's not the same hotel, uh, but, you know, that, now that could have been a logistical problem where – where you know you couldn't get into to the other hotel because of such short notice, so that's the change. And and uh, you know and again the team did swap out sweatsuits. <laughs> again. Oh, wow! So, uh, but other than that, uh, it's it's pretty much pretty much the same as usual. Back to the important stuff. Anything jump out at you about the injury reports uh, released by the Seahawks and the Saints yesterday? Well, the, the two guys who you know weren't 
weren't practicing, who didn't practice, and, and obviously that puts the game status in jeopardy by running back Pierre Thomas from the Saints, who didn't play last week, and they fared pretty good without him. But, you know, again, this is your leading rusher and your most versatile running back, so if you can get Pierre Thomas on the field at all, it will help. But he has not been able to practice so far this week so with that chest injury, so that you know certainly doesn't give you a lot of enthusiasm about his participation in the game. And safety Cam Chancellor for the Seahawks did not practice again uh, yesterday, so that you know that will take away would take away one of their vital guys in the secondary. But you know I will say this: they had two guys out the first time the Saints played them, uh, and that secondary looked fine against the Saints that time. So you know you would hope that there would be some drop off if Cam Chancellor isn't able to play, and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to. As they say, J.D., or as I'm sure you say, the hay is almost in the barn. Uh, because of the West Coast uh, uh, trip, and Sean Payton takes his team out there yesterday. They'll have today before game day tomorrow. What is on the schedule for today for the Saints? Well, they're going to practice today, and, and this will help. They'll practice, and they'll be outside, and so they will get some acclimation to what they're going to see uh, tomorrow. It is supposed to rain. Um, it's not raining right now, but it is supposed to rain today, and maybe it will be raining by the time they're out there on the field. You know, winds will be blowing. The winds already are blowing, but they won't be 40 today. I think it's forecast maybe in the, in the mid-20s. But even if, if, if they get that, it will be a good test run for them to get out there in the elements and to get a feel for how it's going to be tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be a lot a lot more miserable. I think the, the weather is going to deteriorate as we go along. I mentioned the rain. It is supposed to start raining at some point today, but it's really supposed to dump tonight and in the morning and throughout the day tomorrow, and then the winds pick up and, and so if they can get some of those elements today, then that would be good for them because, you know, they will, they will have some kind of exposure to it. All right, what can fans look for on NewOrleansSaints.com, say, in the next uh, 24 to 27 hours? Well, we're going to do a little post about, uh, you know, the five things that you can watch for in the game that's going to run tomorrow. But today is going to be about the Saints just trying to win another game on the road. They had not won a playoff game in, in team history on the road. So, you know, in order to – advance they're gonna have to do it the hard way they're gonna have to win at the number one seed and against the team that beat them 34-7 during the regular season so this is the game they wanted they wanted to return to seattle they wanted another crack at the seahawks so they're going to get their wish and uh, they'll get a chance to see if they can advance that way that's my partner john DeShazer with neworleansaints.com out in seattle with the saints today stay dry my friend we'll look forward to your coverage over the next couple of days here Gonna do what I can, man. I gotta get me a little poncho or something because it's gonna be miserable around here when that wind starts whipping tomorrow. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, I hope your hair doesn't get all messed up. Well, you know, I did bring a little conditioner. You know, I, you know, I, from the back back in the days when I had the Jerry curl, I still got the, the, you know, that, you know, the activator. So I'll be okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we can fool them on radio, but when they check you out on your videos on NewOrleansSaints.com, the, the, the gig is up, as Scooby used to say. Yeah, it'll be a little false advertising. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, J.D., stay safe. Uh, stay dry. Uh, that'll be impossible, but uh, good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you right. uh, when you all get back. Uh, okay, we'll catch up. John DeShays with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Stay tuned. Jen Hale from the NFL on Fox, who covered Seattle extensively during the regular season, is our next guest as we continue on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong 
at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Friday night, January 10th, when the Dallas Mavericks come to town. It's Oshner Health and Fitness Night at the arena, where the first 5,000 fans in attendance receive a Pelicans jump rope, courtesy of Oshner. Tip-offs at 7 p.m., and the Pelicans Fest pregame block party gets underway at 5.30. Tickets start as low as $16 and are available by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Back to the Black and Blue Report on this Friday. Busy, busy show. Our thanks already to uh, Drew Holiday and John DeShazer. Uh, Junior Gallette's still to come. But we wanted to bring in Jennifer Hale from the NFL on Fox here with us because I'm not so sure there isn't someone who hasn't covered Seattle more from outside the Seattle market than Jennifer did uh, this past regular season. Her NFL on Fox crew, I think, Jen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was there five times? Is that is that about right? Five times. Three in Seattle and two on the road. So you're very familiar with the airport. I am very familiar with the airport and the length of the flight, and I'm glad the Saints went a day early. I yes. think they uh, will need it to recover from the jet lag. Well, I'd love to probably have a conversation about the airport with you, but I think our listeners would probably prefer that I ask you about the Seahawks themselves. When we get to this time of year, it is uh, newspaper article after newspaper article after TV stand-up after radio interview and everything else about a team because we're down to a concentrated number. Mm-hmm. But sometimes things get lost in that. In, in the five weekends that you spent because literally you're spending two or three days with these guys um what what hasn't been pointed out that that you discovered throughout the season with regard to seattle with regard to seattle they are such a smart group so highly intelligent uh richard sherman doug baldwin stanford they're very motivated guys pete carroll did a good job of going out and identifying guys who at least felt like they'd been passed over. Richard Sherman was drafted, but not nearly as highly as he thought he should have been. And he, Pete Carroll does a wonderful job of using that as motivation to get the most out of his guys. And, Sean, I think it's interesting, you know, the the NFL is such a manly, tough culture, and Pete Carroll has kind of gone the opposite. He has these players do meditation every day. He has um, psychologists, psychiatrists on staff, and he encourages the players to go and see them. Quarterback Russell Wilson told me he goes at least twice a week for sessions. And, and Pete Carroll's mantra is, happier players are better players. And it's it's an interesting comparison. And in this world of the NFL where we're looking at concussions and how do we protect players and it's just a different dynamic, and Pete Carroll, to some extent, was hammered previously in his career the first time around when he was in the NFL for being too soft. Seems like it may be working this time. So it's something I like to keep an eye on. Wow, almost like this, he hit the cycle right this time. Perhaps, it seems. Now, I don't think the Seahawks are as dominant now as they were at the beginning of the season. I think what they were doing was hard for other teams to figure out. I do think people have seen them more and more, and and that helps. It's definitely hard to beat the same team twice in one season. Um, So I think the Saints have a good shot at this one, but it's still going to be a big challenge. Did did Pete Carroll tell you that that this newer approach or his reinvention of the approach – did he, did he offer up that it was a hard sell at first? Did he say that guys bought right in when he took the job? What, what was did he, did he ever kind of help peel back the curtain a little bit and let you know that it's either been a wild success or it was a struggle at first? At least the party line is that everybody's bought in from the beginning. Um, 
players seemed to enjoy being around each other. He he went and made sure that practice facility, which is beautiful, it looks like a lodge, is designed so that you'd want to hang out there. It's nicer than my house, I know that. To build camaraderie and to build bonds between players because they're going to play harder as a team for others than just for themselves. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it was real interesting. I don't know if folks had a chance to listen to Percy Harvin yesterday. Um, he's going to play. He says absolutely play versus the Saints. He's been battling that hip injury on his surgically repaired hip. He said yesterday that there were times in the season he wanted to cash it in and give up, and it were his it was his teammates that infused him with positive energy and refused to let him say the season's a wash for me I'm just going to have to come back next season and considering that he's new he came over from the Vikings for the first time this season he's only played in one game to have that type of attention from your teammates was impressive to me and he said Richard Sherman called him or came to see him every day not a day went by that Sherman didn't check in with him to keep him encouraged so I think you have a very close-knit team here that feels like they're different and they're special. From the five games you covered them, and maybe if we just took their whole body of work, do you see a consistent thread with that football team? Is it is it Russell Wilson time and time again? Is it their defense that we've maybe not given enough attention to? What is it in your eyes? Yeah, I think it's the de- – certainly they're strong in all facets, but I think it's the defense and the secondary, especially that legion of boom. Um, I don't think it's very often that the defense is the premier player intros and it's the secondary that's the last unit announced. That's the highlighted marquee group for them. Um, Russell Wilson, I think he is a great quarterback – I think he's more than a game manager because he can hurt you with his legs. Uh, but I think he's also still a work in progress, still young. Um, I think Marshawn Lynch is the linchpin, so to speak. Haha. Um, he, he's just such a dynamic runner and so hard to stop, and he gives them so many options. Did you have the Arizona game, Arizona-Seattle? I did. Okay. It seemed to me that Arizona was one of the few teams that actually was diligent about keeping Wilson in the pocket, mm-hmm. which I know is kind of almost anti what you should do with a quarterback. Like, if you did that with Drew Brees, he'd pick you apart. If you let him have the pocket all day, he'd probably pick you apart. Was there, is that how Arizona won that game? I, I think so. They, they made them more one-dimensional. They made Russell Wilson uncomfortable. You know, he's a shorter guy. It's hard for him to see over coverage. So he likes to get out where he has a better viewpoint. So, so you hampered him there. You made him feel a little bit less comfortable than what he normally likes to do. And, you know, also – to me, an interesting point, they lost Sidney Rice. They don't have a big, tall, huge receiver. Golden Tate's a shorter guy. Doug Baldwin's a shorter guy. So if you limit that visibility, of course it's going to hamper a quarterback. Good point. Good point. All right, did Arizona do anything differently than the other teams with regard to the noise and the atmosphere in that building? Hmm. Not that I saw, but of course when you're up that much, the crowd comes out of it to some extent. Um, I have never seen a crowd like that in the sense that I also had the Vikings game there, um, and that game was over in the third quarter. The end of the game, the stands are packed. Nobody left and went home and tried to beat the traffic. Uh, Maybe it's because they've never won a Super Bowl and they feel like they're on the cusp now, but those fans are fanatical, Um, and Arizona did a good job of handling it. Uh, I do think it was a team that you wouldn't look and necessarily say was supposed to win. So was it a little bit of a letdown game where the Seahawks maybe not as prepared or amped up? Possibly. Of course, the party line is they're going to say no. But I don't think they saw the Cardinals as the threat that they saw the Saints or the 49ers as. All right. Saints fans are really loud. Seattle fans are really loud. 
and I'm just talking about the, the pen and the lid on the top. Mm-hmm. Is there something about the building at CenturyLink that magnifies the throat of the fans? Is that I guess that's what I'm getting at. It, yes, you're absolutely right, and it's a great point because I was skeptical. You know, I, I went to LSU, I cheered there. I said, there is no way this outdoor stadium can be that loud. Come on, Tiger Stadium, Mercedes-Benz Superdome try to impress me <laughs> but the the stadium is made out of material to trap the sound and even though it's open it does have uh like lips on the ceiling mm-hmm. so it's not totally open it, it was designed to trap in the noise seattle also i do have to say they do a good job of of whipping those fans into a fervor they do so much to amp them up they, they raise a 12th man flag the person who raises it is always either a former player or a beloved member of the community kind of like the who dance chant here yes yes, okay. yes. Right. um but imagine having an icon from the city always do it and and it's it's a tribute to them so it, it's it's an intimidating place to play it's hard to communicate interesting stuff um are you glad you're watching on television this week as opposed to <laughs> being on the sidelines <laughs> in that building again um of course i would love to be there but it is going to be 100 percent chance of rain it's cold it's an annoying rain you feel like rain and just get it over with but it doesn't happen it just continuously falls you can never get dry so uh, ball security will be an issue this week and uh I-, I won't be crying too many tears that i'll be sitting watching with my feet up <laughs> all right very good uh, Jennifer Hale from the NFL on Fox, also Fox Sports New Orleans and Fox City Television here uh, in New Orleans as well. Um, we've had Drew Holiday on this morning. I know that you'll have an exclusive visit with him on the television side coming up later today. So they'll see that on the broadcast tonight? Yes, that will be our pregame interview. Okay, on Fox Sports New Orleans for the Pelicans and Mavericks tip-off. 7 tonight, 7.30 tomorrow night, and we'll all travel to Dallas tonight and do it again with the Mavericks tomorrow. Um, there'll be a radio change, and I'll get that to you later on in the program today. But thank you. Um, I had to find – I was thinking, okay, Seattle folks, who's covered – We've got our own. She's covered them all season <laughs> at the network level. So for better or worse. Yes, yes. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yep. Jennifer Hill with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll wrap up our coverage and the week uh, with one more visit with the Black and Gold in just a moment. Junior Gallette. Always an interesting uh, interview with him. We'll do that next to wrap up this week's program. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report on this Friday as we uh, get set for football. We got a chance yesterday to visit in the Saints post-game, our post-practice locker room before they all headed off to the airplane. Junior Gillette, uh, 
when you look at the week's practice, has it been any different than the ones prior, or has it been steadily routine? Well, I think, you know, playoffs period, you, you're kind of, your mindset is one game elimination. Your mindset just changes. The guys are a lot more just tuned into what we're doing and just embracing a lot more passionate just with each other, you know, and just, you know, showing all the love. But uh, as far as, like, how, how hard we go, no, it's just been the same. New Orleanians have been complaining about the cold that we witnessed here earlier in the week. But for you guys, did it help a little bit, being able to get outside and practice? I feel like last week, knowing that we went to Philly and played in the teens and went over there, that helped. Uh, but um, it was it was pretty decent this week as far as out here in New Orleans. So that definitely helped. And just uh, Sean putting the, the logo on the midfield, simulating everything that we're going to see in the game helps as well. You pointed out again earlier today about pretty sure it's a 100% chance of rain on right. Saturday, cold in the wind. On your side of the ball, what are the advantages or disadvantages for playing in those conditions? Well, we know he's probably not going to want to throw the ball as much. So uh, definitely if they, they do get to throw the ball, we're going to have to contain him. You know, if he wants, he's probably going to be looking forward to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about Russell. Yeah. So um, I think that's an advantage, knowing that we stopped the run last time. We're going to go in. Uh, you know, think about doing the same thing. Vindication. Uh, does that word mean anything at this point to you guys? I know there's different ways to phrase this or whatnot, but I don't know if it's overplayed or if it's underplayed. Help me out here. Well, I feel like we want to win. That's that's the main, the bottom line here. Obviously, it's a team that's beaten us up in the past few years. Uh, but uh, it's, it's crazy because my rookie year, they came here. I remember we beat them like 42 to, you know, 14, then played them in the playoffs, and, they you know, they beat us. You know, so uh, it's kind of, I feel like it's pretty similar how they beat us over there. And now we're going back over there at all. It's uh, the only difference. Does being called an underdog mean anything to you? Does it serve as any extra motivation? I know me, my life, I've personally just been an underdog coming from Haiti and coming out here undrafted. So, yeah, it does mean a lot as far as, like, underdog. It, it I wouldn't say extra motivation, but it just puts that chip on your shoulder and you want to keep it there. They don't get comfortable. Your story with regard to what you went through as a child and everything else and coming from Haiti, it, it, you know, a lot of guys make something of a football game out to be more than it is. Do you, are you one of those that kind of already has it personally in check or do you also put others in check because of perspective? Well, I feel like football is more than a lot for, um, for me as far as uh, personally. Um, I think uh, it comes my faith, my son. And then it's, it's, it's football. <laughs> so uh, as far as, like, uh, importance football is, I, I feel like I wouldn't say more important to me than other people, but I feel like that's something that uh, I really don't know what I'd be doing if I wouldn't be playing football. So, Along those lines, I talked to Lance Moore yesterday. We were trying to compare a playoff game like yours this weekend to perhaps an NCAA tournament basketball game or a, a game seven in an NBA playoff series that – one-and-done mentality. Does that make every snap also precious? Well, it's, it's a playoff game. That's, that's what you want to come out to. We know it's one-game elimination. Um, so every snap, every inch that they gain counts. It's football. That's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I feel like you could say that. Every snap is more precious. And every play, you don't look back and say, you know, uh, get on the play and say you had some regrets. You want to leave it out all on the field. Since the last time you two met, some five weeks ago, which team is more different at this point, the Saints or the Seahawks? I really wouldn't be able to tell you as far as their perspective on how different they are. I feel like uh, they do some a lot of the same things, but I feel like we've gotten better as a team overall. We've, we've progressed, and, and uh, we learned from a lot of mistakes playing them 
the week before we went to Carolina, I felt like that helped us. So um, you could say I, I really don't I, I don't have a decision on that. Who's more different? Thanks. Good luck. Thanks. So there you go, Junior Gillette, for you on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. And that pretty much wraps up our day's uh, show and uh, this week's coverage. The rest of it we hand over to NewOrleansSaints.com, where John DeShazer and Doug Tatum and the rest of the team are in Seattle and ready to give you what they've got uh, through kickoff tomorrow, post-game, the whole nine yards, lots of coverage there as the Saints get ready to move on. I'm just going to confidently say it right now, get ready to move on after a win over the Seahawks tomorrow uh, late afternoon for us. That's a 3.35 kickoff tomorrow. Keep that in mind. The game is on Fox and the uh, New Orleans Saints radio network. Our radio network on the Pelican side features uh, Dallas at New Orleans tonight, 7 p.m. Tomorrow night, tip-off is at 7.30 from Dallas. And because of the uh, Saints post-game coverage on the flagship station in New Orleans, those of you in New Orleans wanting to catch Pelicans basketball will have to turn to 13.50 a.m. That's 3WL, 13.50 a.m. That's tomorrow night for the 7.30 tip-off against the Dallas Mavericks. Thanks again to Junior Gallette, Drew Holiday today, John DeShazer and Jen Hale, Daniel Salerson and his work all week long. We hope that you have a great weekend. I hope that we have a fantastic show to talk about the next step for the black and gold on Monday. Regardless, we'll be here. We'll see you after noon on Monday for the uh, next week's edition of the Black and Blue Report. We're all involved. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. Go Saints. Go Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 